And in Ephesians, we find here in chapter 6, <clears throat> if this chapter could be titled, it would be titled, The Christian Armor. God is not only telling us or reminding us that we're in a spiritual warfare, but we jump down to verse 10 and it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Boy, that word finally means there from now on, from henceforth. Hey, I know you've been doing other things. Hey, I know that life is busy and it has you going in many different directions. But remember, from this forth, from this point forth, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Oh, that's where your strength is. Oh, that's where your power is. Oh, that's where I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's where it comes from is God, not us. Oftentimes we can get a little bit into ourselves, can't we? But then we continue reading. It says, put on the armor, the whole armor of God. This is not talking about something for the unsaved. This is talking about God's people. This is talking about the soldiers of Jesus Christ. This is talking about the ones who call themselves Christians. Not only the ones who called themselves Christians, but the ones who decided to pick up arms, to go fight the good fight, to do what they're commanded, to do their duties, to be found faithful. He's saying, pick up the armor. He's saying, pick up the armor. He's saying, pick up the armor. Let me ask you this. When was the day and time that you picked up the armor and you decided to fight the good fight? You decided to be a Christian. You decided not only to be a Christian, because that's not good enough. God has given us demands. God has given us duties. God has given us great commissions. When's the last time you picked up the armor to do what you know that you're supposed to do? Earlier today, I spoke to the teenagers about listening to the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you listened to the Holy Spirit? When's the last time you said, Holy Spirit, speak to me? Oh, when's the last time you picked up the precious armor of God? And then we continue reading in verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh, can I tell you this? The devil's still real. But let me also bust your bubble. The devil can care less about you and me. The devil doesn't care if we make it what we do. He just doesn't want us to do what God wants us to do. I'll put it to you like this. Every parent worth their salt here We'll be like, you can talk about who you want to talk about. You can mess with whoever you want to mess with. But you better not dare talk about my kids or mess with my child. Most of you ladies, if somebody was to do that, all of a sudden, boy, the ladies would do that universal sign. Boy, where they're starting to get the earrings off or whatever. Then they're all of a sudden, boy, they're going to kick off the high shoe. Why? Because mama bear is about to take someone's head off. 
And dad would just do that universal crack, 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 crack. And the next sound's going to be boom. Why? Because someone messed with their child. Most parents here would say, you can do whatever you want. Don't you touch my kids. So if we are made in his image and the devil knows that, then the only thing he wants to do is to destroy us to get back at him. So we find here that God is saying, I want to protect you. I not only want to protect you, I am telling you to put on the armor. Put on the armor, soldier. Hey, if you want to go to war, go to war the right way. I don't know about you, but if I want to go to war, I want to have the helmet on. I want to have the breastplate on. Well, I want to be what I'm supposed to be as a soldier. I don't want to be walking out there barefoot and wearing the cold. I don't want to have no protection on. Multiple times I talked to soldiers in war and they said one of the scariest things is when you hear a bullet bounce off your head. Because they said, you know that you were just a few inches away from death. What about it came down here? What about it came to the right or to the left? And we find here that our Lord is not willing that any should perish, including the ones who've already claimed his gift and is his child. And now we come to verse 12 and it says, For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood. No. Shame on us who do. Shame on us when someone comes into the church. Oh, instead of us immediately wanting to help them, we immediately... Put our pious nose at them. Because they don't dress the way that we dress. They don't have the standards and convictions the way that we do. Maybe they don't have a place to live so they smell a little bit different than we. By the grace of God, we could be that same way. Next time someone comes through those doors, their potential. Their potential for the Lord. Their potential for God to do something with them. Oh, they could have that testimony that Pastor was talking about. Oh, that 30-second testimony. Boy, I once was lost, but now I am found. And he cleaned a wretch like me. And everybody, in many different ways, will say, praise the Lord for that. All of a sudden, we continue reading. It says, but with principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness in this world and against spiritual <clears throat> wickedness in high places. Can I tell you this? I don't know everything, but what I do know from talking to pastors who have churches, that by the way, the devil calls his sanctuary churches too. Talking to a pastor in Colorado, he said we have the second largest Satan worshiping church in the world, in our community. He's, uh, I talked to his son. His son said, we literally can see it from a point. He's like, I should, probably shouldn't have, but I tried to make my way there just to see. Like, how are their buildings and how are different things? And he said, we couldn't even find it. He said, no road. He's like, I come to the conclusion that God doesn't want me to go there. Oh, just because they call themselves a church doesn't mean that they're godly. Just because they call themselves God's people doesn't mean that it's our God they're talking about. This pastor also went on and said, 
Boy, that oftentimes they would be in certain areas. Boy, there would be people in high places, whether it's businessmen or people in government. And all of a sudden, boy, one of their church members would knock on their door and present the gospel to them. And they said, thank you, but no thanks. Boy, we have a church that they go to. And of course, any soul wouldn't be like, great, man, that's awesome. What church do you go to? Boy, just trying to get them to testify for a second about the Lord. And they said, well... Let's just put it like this. We don't serve the same God that you serve. He said, this isn't a dark place. This isn't a place where it's all scary like Hollywood, like a haunted mansion that you're walking up to. He said, it's beautiful. He's like, it's actually a stunning home. But yet they boldly will also tell you, no, we don't worship the same God that you worship. He said, eventually they had to start counseling their teenagers well, when you go to the door and they say that, leave. If they don't want to accept God or they want to hear your story, get out of there. Because they're just trying to change you instead of you changing them. All of a sudden, we join me in 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Stand, therefore. God is saying when the devil shows up, oh, if it's spiritual warfare and all of a sudden the bullets begin to fly, all of a sudden someone needs to stand up and be a teenager. Someone needs to stand up and be a Christian teenager. Someone needs to stand up and be a Christian adult. Someone needs to stand up and put on the armor of God and go to war. First thing you got to do is stand. But before you stand, we see that the Bible talks about, in the verses before that, it talks about wrestle. That means to fight. I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of fights in my life. Whether it was in public school or even Christian school. I never saw somebody who was a good fighter who never ever stood or never ever put up their dukes, as they would say. They just kind of stood there. Ready to take it. I never saw that. Even someone who didn't know how to fight, boy, they always put up their dukes. Sometimes they put it up the wrong way, and you just said that they knew all Southern say, oh, bless their little heart. Because <laughs> that other person had the stance right, and you knew that they were well prepared for battle. Let me ask you this. How are you doing tonight, Christian? devil showed up at your doorstep have you put on the armor of God oh how are you doing when it coming to resisting the devil here let me bust your bubble again this is bubble busting night we cannot defeat the devil but we have the one within us who can who already has he's one and oh He's undefeated. He's the champion of champions. There have been none like him before him, and there will be none like him after him. And all he asks us to do is trust him and put on the armor. Some of you, you've put on the armor. Some of you, you've been fighting. Boy, you've been fighting the good fight. But in fighting the good fight, 
Sometimes we get a little weary. Boy, we get a little weary. You see a fighter, sometimes if he's not trained or he just has this thing, I need to knock him out in the first round. Boy, he come out and it'd be blow after blow after blow after blow after blow after blow. And eventually, they call it, he will punch himself out. He would get to the point where he can't hold up his hands anymore. And all of a sudden, that other boxer... Maybe he's just been dodging and dodging and dodging and taking and taking. Now he sees that opening. And the Bible says spiritually, whenever we fight, eventually we're going to fight and the devil's going to catch us at a point where we're tired. We're weary and well-doing. The Bible says when that time comes, we are to stand. We are to withstand. We are to resist. We are to keep fighting, keep going back. All of a sudden, we can't throw a punch, but boy, we can still be the aggressor. Boy, we can still be there. We can still put ourselves in a position to have victory. But sometimes, even then, when we're trying to make sure that we're trying to take it, we're trying to withstand the devil. Oh, we've been fighting and we're tired. We're weary. And all of a sudden, boy, we get that phone call and just kind of push us over the edge. And now we just have to withstand. And boy, we're trying to withstand. Then all of a sudden, something else happened. The Bible just tells us you just got to stand. Oh, it's not about withstanding anymore. It's not about just taking it. Hey, just keep standing. Hey, just keep standing. Hey, just keep standing. Hey, just keep standing. No matter what happens, we can stand. Oh, sometimes even when we get knocked down, we can get back up. Hey, according to my Bible in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ. All things. That's A-L-L. -L, all. Through Christ. That means I can fight. That means not only can I fight, when I start to get tired, I can withstand. Oh, when I can't withstand, I can stand. Can I tell you this? There's nothing like a fighter who knocks people out. There's nothing like a lion who, who kills the prey, but all of a sudden can't take a prey down. Oh, I watch several documentaries, highlight reels, of lions and how they join together and they jump on a target. And eventually what they're trying to do is to suffocate it by grabbing its neck to where it can't breathe and eventually it falls. Then when it falls, all the other lions now can jump on top of it to where it can't get back up. God is saying, if you stand, you can make it. If you stand, you have hope. If you stand, you're not defeated. Some of you, you've been fighting the good fight for a long time. And I say thank you for your service. Oftentimes we tell soldiers thank you because they deserve it. But can I tell you as Christian soldiers of Jesus Christ, I would like to be the, one of the first to tell you thank you for your service. Thank you for your fight. 
Thank you for the Christian homes that we have represented here. Thank you, mom and dad, that you went against the wiles of the devil and you still raise your kids to be something. Thank you, grandma and grandpa, for being that example. Even maybe when the kids, more they decide to go their own way, but all of a sudden they come back to grandma and grandpa's house and boy, God is still there. Boy, God is not still there, only still there. God is still real. And boy, it's evident, no matter how much, they run one away from it. It's evidence who walks and talks with God. Oh, the question that I have for you tonight. Or the challenge that I have first before I questioned. The challenge that I have for you tonight. Oh, is don't change. Oh, I love hearing your stories about Central Baptist Church when I go through the community. Oh, one time, uh, in fact, we're out with Mr. Osborne and we're out with, <clears throat> with Pastor and we were eating some wings. And boy, they were mm, mm, good. And all of a sudden we were eating the wings and Pastor went to go do what any pastor would do. Well, he went to go give the waitress a track. Asked her that famous question, hey, if something were to happen to you today, boy, that someone gave this to me and I want to give this to you. I personally wrote it myself. All of a sudden, the waitress started smiling and started laughing and said, Pastor, you know me. Can I tell you that is like our fear. For someone to walk up to you and be like, hey, you know me. What's my name? I'm like, I may have forgotten your name, but I haven't forgotten how to headbutt somebody. And that person's like, Pastor, I used to go to OCA. I graduated and said the thing. And it's amazing because that told me right there, boy, she still had a good, outstanding thing in her mind of OCA. Because she even told the pastor. She said it with a smile. She wasn't one of those people, I don't know. She said it with a smile. I went to OCA, said it with pride. I went to OCA. I'm alumni. This church has a good name. Don't change. Don't change the name on your sign. The name on your sign says Baptist. Don't change. Don't become Presbyterian. Don't become non-denominational. Lord willing, don't become Catholic. Don't become anything except for Baptist. Oh, be Baptist born. And all of a sudden, when God decides to come back, let this church be Baptist dead. Baptist, Baptist, Baptist. Oh, for the individuals that are in the called out assembly, the ecclesia called the church. Oh, for those of you that are underneath the sound of my voice, I would say don't change your morals. Don't change your standards and your convictions. Oh, I'm tired of going to churches and seeing all of a sudden the funny lights come up. All of a sudden the fog machines come up. All of a sudden it seems like, boy, God is one step away from being removed. They now have books to take your church from being a conservative church to a liberal church. First thing they tell you to do is that thing is old fashioned. That thing reminds people of the old churches. You need to remove that. And you need to remove that. 
and you need to get yourself anything else except for those things. That's one of the reasons why I like this church. Still have those old landmarks right there to remind people that we still use the hymn books. We're smart enough to read. Now, I'm not against any church. I'm not saying that if a church doesn't have a hymn book that they're a devil-worshiping church. But I am saying that it starts somewhere. Oh, I say don't change. Oh, remember when the Lord spoke to you? Remember when someone preached about what you watched on TV? Oh, now all of a sudden... Now, all of a sudden, it's how many curse words do you need to hear before you finally get up and turn the TV? Oh, I say don't change. Don't change what God has spoken to you about. Remember those personal standards that God gave you? Remember how God said, boy, that you should dress this way and you should be this way. And it didn't come just necessarily from the preacher. Boy, it came from the Holy Spirit himself. Boy, he spoke. Literally, he knocked on your door. He didn't tell it to your wife. He told it to you. Oh, those things I say don't change. Oh, can I tell you this? We have grandma and grandpa's changing because their grandkids are now telling them, oh, grandma, grandpa, you're old fashioned. You need to change some things. You need to change your dress. You need to change some of these things to be more popular. I'd rather my popularity be with heaven. I'd rather be right with God than right with man. Hey, can I tell you this? Don't change. Don't change. Don't change. Stay the right way. God said it. I believe it. Don't change church family. I like that the night is church night. I like not only that it's church night, but you are representing each other with the loyalty of church, whatever the theme was. Let it be said that your family doesn't change. Your family's still centered around God. Centered around God's word. Centered around drawing yourself closer to God. Hey, remember... When you used to be a family and you used to pray together, you wonder why problems are coming in now that wasn't there before. Remember when you were a family, not only did you pray together, boy, you used to, to be there. By the way, can I tell you this? Can I say this, this is a little bonus in the, in, in the DVD of life? Parents, is a good thing for us to have prayer requests, but it's a great thing When God answers those prayers, that we scream and we shout it from the rooftop and let that group know that God is still real, that God is still answering prayer. Treat God like a genie. Oh, I only want to call on him when I need something. Oh, there he is. Hey. God is good all the time. And when he answers that prayer, whoo. God is great. But can I tell you this? We don't need to change. We don't need to change our soul winning. Still works. Hold this community is the way that it is because of Central Baptist Church. Take the church out of it. Lord, help us all. We've already took God out of the public schools and look what we have. Do you take the church out of the community and what do you think will happen? This church needs to stay the same. 
This church needs to use the same armor that it has used in the past. And so move forward for the Lord. Don't change who your friends are. I'm talking about your friends that are serving God, your friends that are doing something. Remember when you want to get closer to God, what did you do? Boy, you look for other people that were stronger than you. And you learn from them. Why did you stop learning? Do you know it all now? Why did you stop praying? Do you still believe that God can? Oh, let's not change what has made us successful this far. That's putting our strength and our trust in the Lord, our Savior. Can I tell you? If it worked for Grandma, it'll work for us. Amen. If it worked for Grandpa, it'll work for us. I never knew my Grandma or Grandpa on my dad's side. But I knew my great-grandma and I knew my great-grandfather. And the fondest memories that I have of them is going to church. Fondest memories that I have is my grandma coming and turning on the lights and saying, Jamie, it's time to get up. It's Sunday. It's time to get up. It's Sunday. That's where Chewbacca came from. That is the sound of little ones trying to get out of bed. I remember those memories of my grandfather. He had the old stick shift truck. Oh, not the one that was up here. The one that was down here. And he would always be like, boy, move your leg. Boy, if I have to tell you one more time to move your leg. I'm like, Grandpa, I'm almost doing a split. I I don't know what you want me to do. I remember my grandmother... When she heard that I was called to preach, she was excited. She even gave me some family history of other preachers that were in our family. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Grandma would be like, man, I want to hear you preach. Oh, I yearn to hear you preach. Oh, I yearn to hear you preach. But I lived in Florida. She was in South Carolina. She was getting up in age. Well, then all of a sudden, it was her 99th birthday. We were there, and I said, Grandma, we called her Grandma. I said, Grandma, I just want to wish you 10 more years with us. She looked at me. <laughs> Boy, I had that look like you're about to get a spanking real quick. And I said, I I was just trying to be nice. She's like, baby. She's like, I've been on this year, on this earth for 99 years. I buried my kids. I've even buried my grandkids. She's like, all my friends are gone. She's like, if you don't mind, I just want to go home. She pulled me aside later on. She said, baby. She's like, I thank what you said. I thank you for what you said. She's like, Grandma really does want to hear you preach. She's like, but if I don't get to hear you preach on this side, she's like, you can bet every single time you go to God 
and you speak on God's behalf, there's going to be someone in those cloud of witnesses that's going to be cheering their grandbaby on. Why? Because she's trying to tell me, don't change. Don't change the way that you are. Hey, grandma's going to be in that crowd. Don't change. Hey, can I tell you this? Not only do I fear God, but I fear when I get to heaven and I change, my grandma's going to have a thing called a switch. She didn't believe in belts. She believed in switches that were flexible and they could wrap around you. Some of you up there, you don't know what I'm talking about. Can I tell you? Oh, there are some, some that are testimony. Don't, don't put your hand up. You don't want to do that in such a time like this. Hey, how are you? <laughs> the Bible talks about, just for the sake of time, the Bible talks about more than the armor of truth. Oh, having the knowledge of the truth of God. Remember when you used to seek for it? Remember when you used to be like anything that I could get? Boy, anything I could get to grow in God's word. Boy, that's what I want. That's what I yearn for. Hey, can I tell you this? I read my Bible through many times during the year, but I still yearn for more. I still yearn the more for more because the more I know about my Savior, the closer I want to get to him. The more that I realize that he's did for me and the more that I realize I don't really know much. Start reading Revelation. That'll hurt your head. Someone's like, what's going to happen at the end times? I'm like, I'll tell you what's going to happen at the end times. I'm going to be with the Lord. Amen. I ain't worried about all that other stuff. I'm like, the people that are left behind, they can worry about it. Oh, time for us to... Remember when we used to put on the breastplate of righteousness? Remember when... We used to want to be moral. Remember when you came to church, boy, you wanted to come to church in your best. And I am not talking to anybody who's not dressed. However, boy, if your best is a T-shirt and jeans, boy, you make sure those jeans are pressed beyond measure. And boy, that T-shirt is crisp and you're giving God your best. But remember that time when you wanted to give God your best? Now you just come in whatever. These are my church clothes. Remember that time when the Bible <clears throat> says, talking about the preparation of the gospel? Oh, remember that time when there was a sense of willingness Fathers, Oh, I'm trying to help you be remembered for longer than you're alive. If you want to be forgotten as soon as you die, be selfish. Just do you. That's saying that the world used to say, do you, baby. Do you, boo-boo. That's the sermon that they used to say. Some of them are laughing. I guess I'm on target a little bit. You just want to be remembered. For now, be selfish. But if you want to be remembered for a long time, do what God wants you to do and live for others. Others. Yes, others, Lord. Well, you want to do a Bible study? Do this. Look at Jesus Christ when he was on the cross. Look at all the words that he started saying before he did anything 
for himself, he thought about others. He made sure mama was taken care of. Boy, he made sure all these different things were done. Why? Because it's about others. Oh, it's about others. Oh, remember when you had the shield of faith? It's one thing for you to know God's word. And it's another thing for you to use it to help you grow. I told you that we have a bunch of people now. We challenge these young people to memorize scripture. But we don't memorize it ourselves. That way when the devil does show up and the fight is on, we can resist him. We can fight. We can withstand to stand again on the word of God. It's unchanging. Therefore, we should be unchanging with it. Because you are who you hang around. Hang around God's word and you'll be like it. By the way, if you read the truth, whenever a counterfeit shows up, you know it automatically. Sometimes I'll be driving, and boy, I think of a Bible verse, and I can't get it right, and I'll ask Google, Lord, help me. I ask Google to read it for me, and all of a sudden, Google will read it, and I was like, hmm, that's not right. That's not right. Something doesn't sound right, and then I'll look it up, and it'll be another perversion. Oh, remember when you used to put the helmet of salvation on? The hope and assurance of salvation? Can I tell you this? Sometimes we have people who come to the altar and I'm almost done. We have individuals who come to the altar and they come to the altar for salvation. And I don't know the heart and you must understand what I'm saying here. This is why we have someone talk with them. To find out what's going on. But oftentimes it will be at camp. It will be an individual and he will come down to the altar. When he comes down to the altar, we will ask him what's going on. And we will delve a little bit deeper into his life. And he said, I come for salvation. Tell me, as the, what has the Lord have been speaking to you about? And by the time we get down to the root of it, they're so backslidden that now they think that they're unsaved. Be like, have you trusted God? before. Well, yes. It's a one-time thing. Now, if you think that you need to do it again, we will for for reassurance. And eventually they're like, no, I don't need reassurance. I just need to simply get right with her God. Oh, can I tell you tonight, some of us, remember when you used to have the sword of the Spirit? Remember Boy, you heard it was a two-edged sword. Boy, you wanted to become a master swordsman. Boy, you wanted to be that person. Well built. Well built. Now I got a thorn in the flesh. (laughs) Remember when you used to be a master swordsman? You wanted used to be that. Oh, can I tell you this? It's time that we get back in the fight. Remember how God used to speak to you? Remember how God used to burden your heart? Remember how you wanted to do something great for him? Remember how when we sung that song, Onward Christian Soldiers, 
Boy, you gladly sung it. Why? Because you are actively participating in God's word and you are claiming it as your own. Remember that time? Oh, it's time for some of us to get back in the fight. It's time for some of us. Oh, I'm not asking you to claim new things. I'm asking you to get back to the old things. Get back to the old standards, the old convictions, the old everything. Hey, I don't want to meet somebody later on in my life and they say, you've changed. You've changed. You've changed. I want them to say, you're still the same. Why? Because you are who you hang around and he will never change. So I want to be like him. Some of you, the best example that I could use is this. Some of you, and this is not dating me, you got to understand my great-grandmother, she loved wrestling. Boy, she was a wrestling person. Boy, if she couldn't see it live, she was recording it on the tape. She had one of the kids record it and bring it over to her house so she could watch it. If she could watch it live, oftentimes, boy, we'd be at a party, and she would look at me, and she'd be like, baby, what time is it? And I would tell her what time it is. She's like, is it wrestling on right now? And all of a sudden, boy, we returned to wrestling. And boy, she got me hooked on the uh, nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! And boy, that, that singing, boy. And then all of a sudden, we would go back to the past. And she would talk about the junkyard dog. And she would talk about Hulk Hogan. And boy, she would talk about all these different things and the NWO and, and all this uh, craziness that happens with wrestling. Well, there's one thing that I know with wrestling is they would get tired. They would get weary. Boy, they were getting beat. I mean, they were picking up boy chairs and they were whacking each other all over the place. And all of a sudden you would see them down and out. Then all of a sudden you would hear that crowd begin to chant their name and begin to chant their name and begin to chant their name. Then all of a sudden something crazy would happen. There's no way this is real. Don't argue with me afterwards if it's real or not. Then all of a sudden you would see them and they would begin to bounce and all of a sudden they would begin to shake and they would begin to vibrate and then all of a sudden you would see them turn around and now they have extra energy and they're back in the fight and all of a sudden, boom, they're giving blow after blow after blow. They do their finishing move. Boom! Then all of a sudden, one, two, three, whoa! They are victorious. Can I tell you that's a silly example but maybe it's time for some of us we've been down. Some of us, we started to change our standards. We started to change our convictions, but now it's time for us to start fighting again. Start fighting till we vibrate again, till we look like those wrestlers again. Then all of a sudden we can look to heaven where the the right crowd is and they're cheering us on and we get back into the fight. We recommit ourselves. Lord God, until the day that you take me home, I want to be found faithful. Lord God, I want to do what you want me to do. Tonight is the night. That we don't change. I told the teenagers this. And I'll tell you this and we're done. If you were closer to God at any other time in your life. Congratulations. You're backslidden. Well that sucked the air out of the room. Everybody was so excited when I was talking about the junkyard dog. Ooh I remember him. Now all of a sudden. I reminded you. That if you're closer to God at any other time, you're now backslidden. That's a challenge for you to get close to God again. For you to draw yourself closer to God.
We need you. The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. We need you to get back in the fight. We need you to become a Christian. Not only become a Christian, we need you to become a Christian soldier. Oh, we need you to put on the armor of God to help you whenever the devil shows up in the spiritual warfare that we're in. Let us be found faithful. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you tonight, here in a second, I challenge you, I double-dog dare you, oh, I challenge you the same way that we may be challenged tomorrow in the sour eating contest, I challenge you to get up, stand, fight, and do something again for the Lord. Heavenly Father, we sure do thank you. Lord God, we thank you for Central Baptist Church. We thank you for, <clears throat> Lord God, allowing us to be used despite of who we are. Oh, Heavenly Father, tonight, maybe there's some of us, we've been standing, we've gotten a little weary in standing. Maybe some of us, we just started changing because it was just easier to change than the fight. Oh, Heavenly Father, may we get back in the fight. Oh, Lord God, may we fight, may we stand, may we stand again. Because that's what your word tells us to do. Oh, Heavenly Father, may we be faithful. 